Hey everyone, welcome to the Activate Preaching Podcast. My name is Pastor Jill Pelkey, and it is a privilege to be with you today. If you want to hear more from the Activate Podcast, you can check us out on YouTube or on SoundCloud.com and also on iTunes. So feel free to share any of these sermons that you would like to with friends and family. Um, We're going to get right into the Word of God, but first, let's go before the Lord in prayer, and then we will study together. God, We come before you, humbled by who you are. We know that you are the king of the universe. We know that you are high above us. We know that you are mightier and stronger and better and smarter, and you are everything that we need. And so, God, today we humble ourselves before you. We realize who we are, and we realize our need for you. God, we thank you for the word of God that speaks truth, and it speaks life over us. God, I pray life would be spoken over every person that listens. God, I pray that life would would invigorate us to live for your kingdom's cause, that we would live beyond our own means, live beyond our own self by the power of your Holy Spirit, that we could become more than we ever imagined that we could be, that we could touch more lives with the power of your love, that we could be a light shining in darkness wherever we go. God, I pray that your word would begin to move us and shape us into who you want us to be. God, today we bow our knee before you. God, today we bow our hearts and our minds and everything that we are before you. And we ask that, God, you would fill us with your ways and your will and your strength and joy. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Today we're going to take a look at Romans chapter 12. And this chapter is most difficult. (laughs) Have you ever looked at a project before you and just said, nah, no thanks? That happens to me when I look at a brand new giant Lego set with my kids, and it's got all these different packages and a 17-page manual of how to put these Legos together. And I look at that big mound of stuff on the table, and I just look at it and I say, hmm, no thanks. Um, nah, I don't, I don't want to build a 7,000-piece pirate ship today. No thanks. Just not interested in it. Just not what I feel like tackling at this moment. Then there's other things uh, that seem impossible to somebody else, like writing a Christmas play. And I think that that is so invigorating and so fascinating and so much fun, where somebody else would look at that huge project and just say, oh, the costumes, the scripts, the practices, uh, no thanks. And I feel like with Romans chapter 12, many of us can read through it and say, oh, that's very nice. But no thanks. That's a little bit more than I want to tackle. It's not really my thing. And that's the thing about Romans chapter 12. It's nobody's thing. Nobody looks at it and they, you know, fist pump each other. Yeah, let's do Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12 is so difficult. Romans chapter 12 talks about us transforming ourselves to not be natural, but to be supernatural. So this chapter for us, it's not natural. It's not easy. It's not simple. It's something that we're going to have to grind through, work through, pray through, get really close to Jesus in order to fulfill what God is asking us to do in Romans chapter 12. So with that intro of this being super hard and a little rough, I'm sure you are super excited now to read Romans chapter 12 with us. So Romans chapter 12 starts off that this way. 
I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. So many of us come to God and we say, God, you are so great. You are so amazing, Jesus. Your sacrifice on the cross. What do I even have to give? What can I give that compares to Jesus dying on the cross? Well, here's the big answer. Here's what you can give. You can give your very life. You can give your very life to God. With this simple sentence, Romans 12, 2, Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind saying that we can no longer live like everybody else, that we need to be completely different people by the power of the Holy Spirit at work within us. This is impossible. You know, there's been people in my life that I've known for so many years, and uh, a couple of people in, in particularly I think of, and they just have difficult personalities. They're just difficult to be around. There's certain things that they do or say that just rubs people the wrong way, and they just have these sharp edges about them. And, um, and I've known them for years and years, and then there'll be these pockets of time, and they won't announce it on Facebook or even really tell you about it, but you'll see like this huge difference in how they react to situations. You'll see this huge difference in, in those sharp edges becoming smoother. And they're still the same people with the same personality, but their, their rough personality made smooth is so effective and, and so useful for the kingdom. And the big difference there is time spent with the king of kings, time spent pressing into the presence of God into the Holy Spirit and what he would say and do in our lives. And these people, they take, you know, you have your personality given to you and lived out in your own way. It can be super offensive, but lived out God's way. It is so effective and it's not abrasive. It's peace loving and kind and it changes just your whole approach to everything. And I think that when we apply Romans chapter 12 to our lives, when we begin to transform, we don't change who we are. We are still the person that God created us to be, but we're we're putting the Holy Spirit, we're infusing the Holy Spirit so that we're not just natural people, but supernatural, supernatural, not of this world, changed and different. And very easy in Romans chapter 12. We can see the difficulty of this. It is impossible. It is impossible on our own. The instruction manual, like for, Le- for the Legos, is the Bible. But the helper is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the one, no, this is how you put these bricks together. This is how you create this part of the pirate ship. This is how you form your life to be like Jesus. And yes, I told you to talk to that person, but now talk to them with kindness. Talk to them with good body language, could talk to them with a soft answer. And so this transformation that happens in our lives is, is vital to being effective for the kingdom. So it says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. When we are transformed, then we are doing the will of God. In our own strength, we never do the will of God. We have to be transformed to do the will of God.
For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the measure of faith God has given you. Just as each one of us has one body and with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ, we who are many form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given us. If a man's gift is prophesying, let him use it in proportion to his faith. If it is serving, let him serve. If it's teaching, let him teach. If it's encouraging, let him encourage. If it's contributing to the needs of others, let him give generously. If it is leadership, let him govern diligently. If it is showing mercy, let him do it cheerfully. Love must be sincere. All right, there's so much there. But where we're going to focus in is on this next part. We're going to focus in uh, here. It says, love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Honor one another above yourself. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor. Serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with God's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Here's our verse for today. Romans 12, 14. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. I'm going to read our verse again. Romans 12, 14. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. When we look at that verse in accordance with what we just read or in line with what we just said, If you have a gift of this, do it. If you have a gift of that, do it. Love one another. Hate evil. And then this verse sticks out as one of those things that are impossible to do. Bless those who curse you. Bless those who curse you. Other versions say persecute. Bless those who persecute you. Before that said... That line is, love must be sincere. If you love someone like Jesus loves them, then no matter what they do or don't do, you still love them. No matter how they treat you, you still love them. When you look at the love of Jesus, He loves us while we were still sinners. He loves us in our sin. Not that He wants us to stay there, but He moves us by His love. His love moved his very son to the cross. God's love moved his very son to die in the place of sinners. And this is where we have a hard time. This is where we would look at it and say, oh, all this is good. The first part is good. If I have the gift of prophecy, yeah, I want to prophesy. Yeah, I want to preach. I want to lead. I want to be a hospitality person. I want to give. I want to do all these things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But all that hinges on this love must be sincere. If you do all those things, but you don't have love, then it's worth nothing. We do it all on this uh, basis of love, on this crux of love. And if we truly love people, if we took one person, we singled them out and say, I will love you. We do this in marriage and God challenges us to do something supernatural and do it in all of our lives. We choose to love someone no matter what they do no matter what they say, no matter how they act, no matter how they disappoint us, 
No matter how much joy they bring or frustration they bring, we choose to love people. We bless people and we don't curse people. Um, no thanks. I'll walk away from this one. I get all excited about doing the thing that God's made me to do because it puffs up my own heart, because it makes me happy, because it it fulfills something in me. And then the hinge comes. Love must be sincere. You have to love people who aren't nice. Do you want to lead? Lead like Jesus. Do you want to prophesy? Prophesy like Jesus. He loved people. He blessed those who cursed him. And here's where this gets really hard. This little word, pride. Pride is the opposite of love. Pride is the opposite of holiness. Pride is the opposite of everything good. And pride is this this emotion and this feeling that seeps in and it leads so many people astray in different ways. Today, check your heart for pride. Tomorrow, check your heart for pride. Because pride sneaks in and pride says you are better than the person standing next to you. Pride sneaks in and says you are holier than the person sitting next to you. Pride seeps in and said you better protect yourself. You are mighty enough to protect yourself. You are mighty enough. You are holy enough. You are wonderful enough that you're going to fight all the battles that you have before you. But this opposite pattern, this this way that's not of this world comes in and God presents it and he says, bless those who persecute you. Bless those who come against you. This is impossible. If you have ever been in a situation like this where somebody has persecuted you or cursed you or hurt you or wounded you, there's times where I just feel like, you know, not literally, but I feel like there are spears in my back. I feel like people have just thrown stuff at me that's just so hurtful. And in my natural humanness, I want to defend myself. I want to turn around, take that spear out of my back and throw it back at that person. I want to curse them. I want to talk about them behind their back. But God says, don't conform to the pattern of this world. Don't look like everybody else. Don't do your first reaction, but instead be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And that is growing close to Jesus. So you bring that spear to the Lord and you say, God, look at what's happened to me. God, look at the wrong that's been done me. And God says, bless those people. Be kind to them. Don't talk about them. They're my children. And it brings me back to the cross, and it it brings me back to all the things that God has forgiven me for, all the wrong attitudes, all the things that I've done or said. And he loves me completely. Can I love my enemies? That's radical. That's radical. There are going to be people in this world who do things wrong to you. Bad things. Will you forgive? Will you bless those who have cursed you. It's easy to look at that and say, no thanks. I'll take revenge instead. It goes on in Romans chapter 12, and it comes to this very important part that I want to point out. 12, 17, do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful 
to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it's as possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. And then this, Romans 12, 19, do not take revenge, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, it is mine to avenge. I will repay, says the Lord. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. Your enemy, the bad guy. If the bad guy is hungry, you feed him. If the one who has stabbed you in the back comes to you and is hungry, you feed him. If he is thirsty, you give him something to drink. This is not the pattern of this world. The pattern of this world would shun the person who's hurt you, would push them away, would push them far, far away, would talk about them behind their back, would tell the world of the bad they have done. But God's way is to say, if someone has done you wrong, don't run around talking about it. Don't spread that around, but lift them up. Give them something to eat. Give them nourishment. It says, in doing this, you'll keep burning coals on their heads. And next week, we're going to be talking uh, specifically about Romans 12, 21. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. And we're going to dwell on that scripture right there for the whole session next time. But now let's look back at the rest of Romans 12. Bless your enemies. It is only possible when we draw close to the Holy Spirit. When you are angry, you need to get alone with the Holy Spirit. When you can't handle the way someone's treating you, you need to get alone with the Holy Spirit. And what do I mean by that? That means finding a place where you can turn off the rest of the world and you can close your eyes and you can meet with Jesus and you can say, Jesus, come and soothe my soul. I am angry. Help me, God, to turn this over to you. Help me, God, to see your perspective. God, help me to turn off this anger and turn on the fruits of the Spirit. I don't want to be controlled by my flesh. I want to be controlled by the Spirit in this situation. And here's the deal. It takes us doing that every day. The Bible says his mercies are new every morning and thank God that they are because every day we naturally slip back into natural living. And God says, don't, don't conform to that pattern. Slip back in to the spirit realm where you live at peace with everyone, where you actually can forgive. There's some of us that have this old unforgiveness just sitting like a lump in our stomach. We have these old things that we've never dealt with. And God says, come to me. I'm going to make it uh, palatable for you. I'm going to make it doable for you. But you have to draw close to God. You can't do this in your own strength. In my own strength, I look at that verse, uh, to love my enemies and to bless those that curse me, and I'll just say no thanks. That's a little bit too far. That's extreme. But I'll tell you, that's being a disciple of Jesus. That's living like Jesus lived. That's living out our Christianity. If I go the way that everybody else goes, I'll end up where everybody else ends up, right? But also in that there are impossible things that we can do by the power of the Spirit. So when we say, God, what could I offer you? What could I possibly offer the King of Kings? Love your enemies. Act like Jesus. What could I possibly give to the Lord? He wants us to bless those who curse us. 
He wants us to take hold of, of the Holy Spirit and say, Holy Spirit, lead me and guide me today. You, in the last few days, as I've been going to sleep and as I've been waking up, I just keep saying, Jesus, I need you. I need you today. I need you tonight. I need you. I need you. I need you. I've been reminded of my deep need for Jesus because my day-to-day, my natural person isn't holy, but through Jesus, I'm holy. When I press in close to His presence, Things melt away that I thought were so monumental, that I thought were so bad. God can put it in perspective. And he says that vengeance is his. He'll take care of those that have hurt us. Now here it is right here. Do we trust him enough to take care of those people who have hurt us? Do we trust God? We can bless people. And when we bless those that have cursed us, it's showing our trust in God. It's showing that we trust that our God will supply all our needs according to His riches and glory. Can we trust Him? Can we trust Him with our enemies? This is where it becomes a mystery, the gospel. This is where it becomes more than attending church or calling ourselves by the label Christian, this is where we live it out. And this is when things that we do aren't seen as much by other people, they're seen by God. And in the beginning of Romans 12, it talks about the giftings and how we use them outwardly. But then these things about blessing those who curse us, those things happen when nobody else sees them. It's a heart transition. It's a heart change. It's a reliance on the Holy Spirit that has to be the Holy Spirit. Because in our own selves, we don't love people that hurt us so deeply. We don't love people who have done things that have changed the path of our lives for the worse. When we see hate, when we see uh, deception, when we see lies, when we see bitterness, when we see greed, when we see all these things in other people, we have to love them. This seems like an elementary lesson, but it's not. This is a very mature lesson. Love those who hurt you. Bless them. Give them food and nourishment. Give them drink. And let God take care of them. Trust your God. Trust your God. And act like Him. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. If we're not careful, we start to live our own way. We go days without praying, days without reading the Bible. And we start to hate people. We start to get irritated with people. But God, through His Holy Spirit, can teach us every day to love and to love some more and to love some more. And we don't want to be like those people who they have seasons of being uh, Christ-like. They have seasons where their, their personality changes a little bit. We want to be living Spiritual lives, day after day after day, week, month, year after year. We want to be transformed. Let's ask the Lord to help us. God, we come before you and we look at this impossible task. And God, it would be easier to just walk away from it. 
But God, you didn't. You didn't just walk away from us, your people. You didn't just walk away from humanity and say, no thanks, they're too difficult. God, you, when you saw our sin, when you saw the impossibility of our situation, you didn't walk away, but instead your love came towards us. Your love came towards us through your son, Jesus. And and Jesus, through your sacrifice on the cross, we were made whole and forgiven. So God, I pray that we would act like you and we would do the same. That God, we would go towards people who hurt us. And God, we would love them. And it is only possible through your Holy Spirit. It is only possible through being in your presence and spending time with you. You are our example. You are the one who has shown us what to do. So God, I pray that we would be like David when he encountered Saul. He had the opportunity to kill his enemy, and instead he didn't. God, I pray that we wouldn't kill our enemy with our words, that we wouldn't kill our enemies with our actions, but God, we would love them. We would repay evil with good, that we would overcome evil with good. But God, I pray most of all that we would find those precious times in your presence, that we would find those precious times in your word. Lord, we need you. We need you. We need you today and tomorrow and every day. And God, I pray a blessing on every enemy of the people that are listening. God, I pray a blessing on their lives. I pray favor on their lives. God, I pray that you would have their hearts turned towards you. God, I pray that the wrong that they they have done would be repaid by you and not by the people listening. God, I pray the people that have hurt them, that God, their hearts would change and be turned towards you. That God, we could see them the way that you see them, that your light would shine upon them through love and they would be transformed as well. God, thank you for caring about each of us. Thank you for not taking a section of us and loving us and hating other people. Thank you for loving us all. Help us to do the same in the power of your spirit. Amen.